0: One Leg Up with Alex Garrett is affiliate sponsored by Raymore & Flanagan. Right now, to honor the furniture giant's 75th anniversary, Raymore & Flanagan's offering 25% off living room, dining room, bedroom furniture, and more until October 19th. So click the link in the description right now. Deep discounts for Raymore & Flanagan's 75th anniversary sale. Can I say it? Raymore and Flanagan, two names, say it all.
1: Here's your host, Alex Garrett.
0: And here we go. It is a special edition of One Leg Up with Alex Garrett. And it's kind of a rush edition because on the line right now is a longtime friend. You know, I see that we all go back to Somerset Christian uh, College or something like that, Rich Valdez. That's a long time ago. But since then, you're in radio and... You're making some moves now. But first of all, thanks for joining me really for the first time on my podcast.
1: You got it, Alex. Pleasure to be here. Thank you.
0: So, last time I saw you was in the halls of WABC, and then I turned and I see you got a bigger, bigger deal going on. You're going national. Tell us what's going on starting tomorrow, and you're uh, taking over the Jimbo Hannon show. Tell us what's up.
1: Sure, you got it, brother. Well, thank you again for having me on. And yeah, you're right. You know, back in the days, I worked at Somerset Christian College, and uh, I ended up, I guess by um, by God's grace, voicing the commercials, somewhat by accident, but voicing the commercials for the college. And they liked the job that I was doing, so I did more of them. And that was the first time I'd ever gone in a radio studio. And it was at WAWZ, Star 99.1 FM, and I loved it. And I said, man, this is great. And that's where I got bit by the radio bug, I like to say. And that was 2009. And I did the commercials for a while, and I left uh, Somerset, uh, for a while, and I served in state government for Governor Chris Christie for a little bit, and uh, then went back to uh, Somerset, which had changed its name to Pillar College, and it, it was great. And I still did some of the the voicing of the ads there. And uh, you know, I'd worked with Project Veritas in and out of government and in and out of different uh, political organizations. And eventually, um, my parents became ill, and. Um, at different times, they both went to be with the Lord, but I took care of them till, till the very end. And ultimately, I, I took off from work to kind of be a full-time caregiver. And it was after that my dad had gone to be with the Lord that I said, oh, my gosh, what do I do with myself? You know, I don't know what my next step is going to be. And a, a buddy of mine said, well, you know, you always loved radio. Why don't you get into radio? And I said, I, I wish it was that simple. <laughs> you know, when you're in the New York market, uh, getting into radios, it's kind of like a, a kid that says, I want to play baseball. I want to, you know, I want to be a Yankee or I want to. I want to go to the NFL. It, you could want it all you want, but it's not easy to break into this industry. And I, I, I just I – it took some advice from a friend, and they said, just give it a shot. Ask your network, your political network. See what, what can happen and you know who, who's looking for who and what and how. And I did, and it opened up doors at WABC, <clears throat> not specifically at the radio station, but the radio station had a syndicated show <coughs> – excuse me, cough button – <laughs> and um uh, the Mark Levin show. And uh, they were looking for a uh, an associate producer to help produce the, the live call-in portion of the show, do the call screening, and, and some other duties that they had there. And But they, they specifically said, we're not looking for a radio guy. We want somebody who's a political person that can really put the best calls on the show and knows the issues of the day. And I said, well, that stuff I know. I work in, in government. I, I can definitely um, you know have a, my finger on the pulse, but I don't know anything about a control room. You know, I know a little bit about the mic from the commercials that I voiced, but that's it. And they said, well, we could show you that. And, and that's where the connection was made. Um, God opened up that door, so I said, all right, cool. I'm, I'm going to walk right through it, and I did. And that was in 2018, and before you knew it, I was um, you know, asked to uh, do a podcast. And literally, the, the way the story goes is um, you know, when you're in the control room and you're doing a big show, you know, a lot of people are nervous, and they're trying to stay focused on you know, their host and pay attention to uh, every time they have to go to a break and whatnot. And I was always talking. (laughs) I was like, "Oh, you know what? I can't believe Pelosi did this. I can't. Can you believe that that's going?" And they were like, "Dude, it's a great story, but you got to tell us later because you know we have to focus." (laughs) And I was like, "Oh, sorry." I'm the same way, Rich.
0: (laughs) I am the same way. I feel that. And by the way, before you knew it, you were Mr. Producer, also. Yeah, Mr. Call
1: Screener, right? So I was there being Mr. Call Screener, and Mr. Producer looks at me and he says, "You know what? You talk too much, and he's like, you need an outlet so that you can let out all of that commentary that you have.' And you know, when you get to the control room, it's time to focus. And it doesn't help that I have ADD either. So he uh, introduces me to um, Chris Libertini, who was the um, imaging guy, at the uh, and at WABC, he was the and still is the um, production director is his title, and he's uh, the voice of WBC that you hear on, on the air that does all of their ads and their spots and stuff like that. And he tells me, you know, um, he's like, yeah, I heard you're really smart, you, and you have a lot to say, but, you know, you're distracted. He's like, you should do a podcast. So this way you don't distract uh, the people in the control room. And I thought it was funny. I said, I don't even know what a podcast is, but uh, I'm, I'm willing to. And he literally almost took me by the hand and brought me over to the, the head of Cumulus Podcast. And I uh, and said, hey, this guy's got something. Let's come up with a show idea for him to, to do a podcast. And I, I love talk radio. So I said, well, I want the show to be like a talk radio show so that, you know, if I ever get the opportunity to bring it on the air, I don't have to change the format of the show. So, you know, we stuck with a clock. We stuck with segments. And um, it, it, it always had the, the feel of radio. And after a couple of months, they were like, hey, your podcast is doing pretty good. We really like it. Can you fill in for Curtis Slewa? who's going to be out, or uh, Juliet Huddy, actually. She was going to be out and, and, and do a co-host with Curtis Tliwa, and I loved it. And then they started bringing me in to do co-hosting work for Bernie and Sid and for uh, Rudy Giuliani, and by that time I had my own weekend show, and it, it was just going really well. And I know then you in run for a while.
0: And, and that's why oh, I do yeah. know where we can hear it. We'll get to the National in a minute, but uh, – since you mentioned Bernie, what were your thoughts on his passing? I mean, you worked you work with him for a little bit, or
1: oh yeah. Well, listen, I you know I worked late. I worked really really hard. You know, even though I, I came into this industry five years ago, I, um, I I worked super hard and super late many times because uh, it took me three times as long as it took everybody else to get something done. And if there was. Nobody available to edit my podcast. I had to do it, but I didn't know how to edit. So it took me forever learning how to use the Adobe Audition and just doing things until I got it right. So there were many times where I was in the studio where I finished work at 9 p.m. I'd still be there around midnight, you know, plugging away on my podcast stuff. And Bernard McGurk, who started work at 4 a.m. for their 5 a.m. show at the time it was 5 and then it moved to 6, he would show up at midnight sometimes or 12.30 And because it was easier for him to get in from the train uh, on the train from Long Island. So that's when I first met Bernie uh, uh, on one of those late nights where he came in and went to his office and he'd take a nap and then wake up at four and start doing his show prep. But he came in and he said, oh, my gosh, you know, I didn't think anybody was here at this time. And uh, we became friends. Every time he came in from the from the train, I would see him and we would talk. And, you know, he would reminisce about his Imus days. And, you know, he was a big fan of Levin's. And he'd say, oh, I love it when Mark does whatever. And, and he was really generous with his time and generous with his um, advice. And it wasn't like, you know, he, he knew better than me. It was, uh, he was actually very reluctant to give any um, broadcasting advice. But he gave me advice just on the business in general, you know how to navigate the the, the world of talk radio and, and it was priceless information to me and he, the guy was um, just an awesome guy he was a really true blue kind of guy and there was a, uh, not an editorial but an uh, obituary written about him in the New York Times that I think was extremely unfair. The first sentence not only is it an incredibly long run on sentence, but it, it it seeks to kind of smear him and highlight his worst career moments. Uh, rather than really highlight his, the, 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 the actuality of his career. I think he's a great guy. He loved his family. He loved his country, and I salute him.
0: Well, absolutely. By the way, your podcast, and I'm sure you're still going to keep up with this, is This Is America. And I know that you come at this with sort of a millennial slash, um, can I say, minority kind of group, meaning you work hard for what you've gotten, and, and you wish that message would resonate with today's generation and even dealing with other political issues, right? Oh, for sure.
1: I mean, that's uh, you know, I'm I'm uh, just outside of being a millennial. I'm a Gen Xer, but I bring that that perspective of you know having grown up in the 80s and 90s uh, in New York and in New Jersey to you know that's the lens that I see life through. So I try to bring that to all of the commentary and analysis that I do, and I try to add a little humor. And yeah, my parents are born on the island of Puerto Rico, so uh, um, you know I grew up with, with a lot of sofrito, a lot of rice and beans, and I try to bring a little bit of that flavor to the uh, to the broadcast to uh, just be who I am. And that was some advice that Mark Levin gave me early on. Uh, he said, Richie, you've got to be yourself. And I said, all right, thank you, sir. They don't call you the great nothing. And, and it was advice that really has served me well throughout my career thus far. And uh, just to pick up where I left off, so you know, I, I had gotten the weekend show, and then in 2020 I was uh, asked to do a, um, a show where they had a gap, a syndication gap uh, between 10 a.m. and noon on WLIR, which is owned by WABC. So that became The Rich Valdez Show from Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon. And I did that from 2020 to 2021, and just so until last year. And uh, and in 21, I signed a contract with Yay Networks, which is Kid Craddock's network, uh, for the podcast. And that prevented me from staying on with WABC because there was a conflict there. So I brought my show to WPHT in Philadelphia, which I had done fill-in with back since 2019 as well. And, uh, and they're an amazing station, just like WABC, 50,000 watts, big, big blowtorch in a, in a top-ten market. So it was great. I worked with some great people there. And um, I still, my show was on just this morning on WPHD, so we're still on on the weekends. And tomorrow we'll be on on 103.9 FM, which is the uh, WFAS. That's the new WFAS signal in New York City. And, yes, I was um, – uh, given the opportunity to uh, sign a multi-year, multi-year deal to continue the tradition left behind by Long John Neville, Larry King, and Jim Bohannon. And I'm honored. I'm thrilled to pieces. You know, it's one of those things, pinch me, am I dreaming? You know, that type of thing. It, it's, uh, it really is an honor. I'm I'm thrilled to do it, and I can't wait to get started.
0: All right. Well, I know that this is a crucial time. By the way, I see it's the humor of Rich Valdez as well. I, I love his humor also. And I, we got to get together and reconnect soon. All fair. That'd be great because it's been a little bit. But let me ask you this, because you're hitting the national airwaves at a very critical time. We are at midterms in less than a few weeks now. So do you feel like this is, if you will, God telling you you're going to go national with this and send your message out there in a very crucial time right now? Yeah,
1: well, without a doubt. I mean, I think the conversation that we have on the air, to me, is always it's always a crucial time. I mean, that's kind of why I I am so passionate about radio. And I do love old school talk radio, a good talk show where we talk about everything. Like, you know, do you put the toilet paper on the outside or the inside when you put the roll on? You know, I love talking about all of that stuff. But I think the news of the day and the issues that are pressing people's pockets are of paramount importance. These things really, really matter. Truckers and cab drivers and police officers and so many people that listen to late-night talk radio have a lot to offer because they work at night. They keep the world moving for us while many of us are sleeping, and a lot to the table as well. So I love Larry King's tradition of open phone America and the final hour of the program, and it's you know, Jim Bohannon as well has embraced three decades on, on the program. So I'm going to keep that tradition as well. And, uh, and I'm looking forward to connecting with Americans and talking about the issues of the day and finding out you know, from them what, what's really pressing them and moving them and why is it that they're going to vote the way they're voting and why should we continue to, to help or support a, a cause or a politician that isn't really benefiting us or our family or our worldview. And to me that's ultimately what it comes down to, but doing it in the, the most entertaining and informative way that we can.
0: I'm sure you're gonna use a lot of audio cuts because I mean the campaign trail is full of entertaining moments, is it not?
1: Oh well, I mean when you have a commander in chief like Joe Biden, who in Spanish I, I call him Joe El Baboso Biden, and El Baboso means literally the direct translation is the drooling one, and uh, it's it's used um, synonymously like as foolish, and and I and I. I make fun of biden because i think sometimes he's just being foolish but there's times where i think he's being sinister uh, or at least you can't help but think my goodness is is this man thinking and what is his you know who, whose best interest is he acting on behalf of it certainly isn't mine most times it's certainly not of my children so i i, uh, I enjoy um trying to add a dose of humor to this stuff but it, these are
0: again serious absolutely they are serious times and uh I'm just so and
1: bothered. it's gonna get bad.
0: Well, we hope that things can turn around. Sure. I mean, look, Lee Zeldin, Lee, Lee Zeldin, he's got a chance now. I mean, I think he's tied in polls, and, you know, it would sort of be an upset, would it not? But at the same time, I think the state is sick of where we're at.
1: I mean, i got to tell you, I'm, I'm a hopeless optimistic, and, uh, and I'm very hopeful at the same time. I truly believe that uh, Zeldin's going to win. I think Michael Henry's going to win. I think these are really good candidates that – have a lot of not only momentum right now because of the political situation, but they themselves, there's gravitas when you talk to them, when you realize, man, these people seem to be people that would actually make a difference in New York. Allison Esposito for, for lieutenant governor. I mean, these are great candidates.
0: The Hokel culture, if you will, needs to be voted out. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, without a
1: question. I mean, you've got to get rid of Hokel. She's a holdover of the Cuomo years, I think, uh, they they were wise to get rid of Cuomo. She is the um, the remnants of what's left of Cuomo. I think we have to continue to uproot that and and just bring in something fresh, some new blood into to Albany to say, hey, you know what? It's time to to really tackle crime to be fair to the New York people, to be fair to everybody. And right now it's a very unfair situation. And I think irrespective of politics or whether people like Democrats or Republicans or whatever, nobody wants to get robbed. Nobody wants to live in danger. Nobody wants to live in a place where their safety is at risk every day, where they're seeing homeless people being abused and not being treated the way they need to be treated. And I think people are really at their wit's end in in large part in a very collective way. And I think we're going to see that displayed at the polls. And it's whether win or lose. I think we're going to see that. I don't think we're going to see a landslide victory for Kathy Hochul. I just don't see a way forward where every New Yorker is is kind of in line with her agenda. It's to me, it's an agenda where it's only going to appeal to the fringe left. You know, the things that she talks about, making it a gun-free zone, making it abortion on demand, and all of that stuff. I just don't think that appeals to everyday New Yorkers.
0: As someone media-rich, uh, talking like this might get you censored. I mean, but you're unafraid. That's another part of you. Like, you're bold. You want to go on the air and talk about this. So what, what do you think of the cancel culture that we're seeing? It's ridiculous. Absolutely. Why
1: not? I mean, anything worth talking about is worth talking about on the radio.
0: I noticed when we were in the studios and you had to talk to someone named Ray Negron, who's a good friend of mine as well, on your podcast. Are you a Yankee fan? Do you have a connection with the Yankees? I I, I mean, I
1: like the Yankees. The Yankees are cool. Um, I'm not really a big on sports, which is probably why I'm a talk radio guy, not a sports talk guy. Uh, But um, I've never really been really into sports other than boxing and UFC. So you know, I've been to Yankee games. I've been to Mets games. I'm overall kind of a New York guy. I know that it sets a lot of people that I don't pick a side, but I really, I just don't.
0: But tell us your connection with Ray. I'm kind of curious now. Maybe you want to. We had
1: him on as a guest for Hispanic Heritage Month, and he was a terrific guest.
0: Rich Valdez, I'm so glad and proud of you, man, for growing the ranks here, and we'll be in touch for sure. Thank you, Alex. And, And remind the listeners where we can listen to you tomorrow and what time.
1: You got it, yeah, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m., Monday through Friday listen online if you want am 1230 digital or if you're listening on alexa or siri it's am 1230 digital and uh on the am dial in new york and uh, or anywhere i mean if you're across the country we're on 300 stations so it won't be difficult to find uh for the rest of the year we're gonna wrap up the Jim Bohannon show and then in january we're going to uh kick open the doors with uh with the the next iteration and generation of what's going to happen in late night talk radio with rich valdez
0: very cool well congratulations rich and uh we're going to post this very soon because it's breaking news. Rich Valdez is going national, baby.
1: Amen to that, brother. Thank you so much for your hospitality. I appreciate it, Alex. Good luck with everything.
0: And as a reminder, One Leg Up with Alex Garrett is affiliate sponsored by Raymore and Flanagan. Right now, to honor the furniture giants' 75th anniversary, Raymore and Flanagan's offering 25% off living room, dining room bedroom furniture, and more until October 19th. So click the link in the description right now. Deep discounts for Raymore & Flanagan's 75th anniversary sale. Can I say it? Raymore & Flanagan, two names, say it all.